Look, let's stop talking about your tech stack. Let's stop talking about uh, your process for closing. Let's not talk about your optimization around time to fill. Let's not talk about, um, gosh, your pipeline or your funnel or all the different conversion tools you use to move from one place to the other because none of it matters really, right? When, you know what really matters? You know what really changes the whole conversation? You know what really changes you from a 20th century recruiting and hiring organization to a 21st century hiring and recruiting organization? It's your network. We'll be right back. Welcome to the TalentCast. I'm your host, James Ellis. This podcast has one simple goal, to change the conversation around recruiting, employer brand, and hiring. Simple as that. The only way we can do that is by making this a 100% no-pitch zone, meaning no one's making any money, no one's giving any money, nobody's sponsoring anything. So please come join us, come learn, come engage in this conversation, come grow our industry with me. Uh, if you want to talk to me, I'm on Twitter, at the War for Talent, or you can look at our website, thetalentcast.com. Otherwise, let's get to it. Hey, how you doing? James Ellis here. And the housekeeping says that I'm going to be in Nashville this week, on Friday, in fact, to speak at RecruitCon. So if you're going to be there, say hello. I might actually be recording a podcast with some friends of mine, not on this podcast. So teaser. Uh, also, I'm going to be at the Talent Brand Summit. So if you are there, say hello uh, or don't. I mean, I don't, I'm not your mom. Uh, I'm not speaking again, but I will be there. I'm super, super pumped to be there. And then Social Recruiting Strategies Conference, very pumped to be there as it'll be my second and it is also in Austin in August. So that having been said, let's get real for a second, okay? Here's a trick. Let's think about all of your hiring for the last year, right? Let's think about all of your hiring. Where have your best best candidates come from? Where have your best hires come from? Now, if you look broadly, the numbers tell you every single time it's referrals, right? And everybody loves to talk about referrals and then no one does anything about referrals or they offload all their refer referral projects to some sort of tool or app or whatever, maybe LinkedIn or who knows. And they say, you deal with that and we're going to walk past it. We're going to move along. And it's, ugh, it kills me. It kills me, right? Referrals are the most important part of what you do and yet we give it the short shrift every single time just kills me. Huge opportunity missed. But beyond that, what about friend of a friend? What about when you push a job out and someone looks at your job posting and they say, oh, I wonder if someone works at that company. And they reach out and they talk to your brand advocates. Or I'm sorry, you might call them employees. They're brand advocates, folks. And they have a conversation what gets said. What happens when they go to Glassdoor, when they read your reviews, and whether you've got a 2.8 or a 4.8, does anybody actually have a 4.8? I think a handful of companies do, and they're, uh, whatever. But when they see that information, what are they seeing? What are they getting? What are they using? What are they converting with? What are they changing their mind around? The truth is, oh wait, let's, forget, let's not forget about inbound. When you push a job out, are your best hires coming from sourcing, or is your best hires coming from inbound? How much work is it to source a hire? Not source a candidate, source a hire. What about your agency costs? When you look at all that stuff, there are a couple, there's really one key kind of takeaway from all this stuff. And I think we're ignoring it for the most part. And it's very simple. Your network is what matters. Because if you don't have a good network, and we'll talk about what a network means, and we'll talk about how to cultivate in a second. But if you don't have a good network, you're going to start to, your, your hiring needs 
end up in a series of buckets, and each bucket is more expensive than the last. So if you have a referral bucket, even if you're giving people cash bonuses, your referral bucket still tends to be the cheapest source of hires, right? If they don't happen through referrals, then they happen through inbound. You post the job, someone sees the job, and they apply. Great. Also fairly inexpensive, but you still have to post for, you know, pay for job postings and some promotion costs and all those different job boards don't exist because they're free and they're giving it away. That's money, right? And then if you can't find them via inbound, you start shaking trees and you start looking for people and maybe you start sourcing and you've got internal sourcers and that takes time and time is money for those of you who don't realize it, obviously. And when you're finding those people, you end up finding all sorts of people and you're hoping they might be a good fit, but really you're just kind of ticking some boxes in terms of skills or some sort of geographic location or a previous experience, right? You're just hitting a couple of skill boxes and hoping they fit. Best of luck with that. That's what the, recru- that's what the hiring process is for, right? Determine fit there. And if it doesn't happen via sourcing, well, you know what happens after that. Agency fees, agency fees, those are so expensive there. Agency fees. Um, that's insane. And every time you go from one to the other to the other, money goes up. So rational human beings, though we might be, let's pretend, uh, you want to make sure you get as many hires as you can from the top bucket or the top two buckets. And the only way to make that happen is to make sure you have a good network, meaning you, first off, your recruiters have to have good networks. Half the time when you hire a recruiter, you're hiring their network. Every time you're hiring an executive uh, sourcing agency, you are definitely hiring their network. So you're talking about the cost of network every single time. Yes, you're paying that recruiter to have a good conversation, to be able to spot talent, and be able to say that, oh, this person won't fit, or this person isn't exactly obvious fit, but man, I think there's something there. That's what you're paying for, but you're really paying for network and their ability to grow their network. And in-house, a lot of times, we don't encourage our recruiters to build their own network. Why? Well, because if they build their own network, they might leave. Okay, I get that. I get that. If they build their own network, they have value, but right now they work for you. And that value is yours. And if they're doing a good job, if they're cultivating a network, if they're cultivating awareness for your brand, even if they do leave, they can still help you. That brand, that value, uh, network values extends to the brand. It extends to them. It extends back to you. So you want to make sure your network makes the most possible sense. And that does start with referrals. And that means not just dropping on some sort of tool or app or whatever. You say, here, you figure it out. No, it doesn't work that way. You've got to embed it into everything you do. For example, if you're going to start a referral project, let's say this is the first time you've ever done a referral campaign. You've got a, I don't know, maybe you've got some sort of big technical project that you're trying to wrestle with. I don't know. Maybe it involves some privacy in Europe. I don't know. Are we all not grappling with GDPR? Based on my conversation with some tech people just last week, yes, we all are. It is the Y2K of this generation. It is a huge expenditure, and everybody's terrified that no one knows what the hell is going to happen. For those of you who remember Y2K, no one really knew what was going to happen January one. No one really knew. There were people who were literally scared it was going to start nuclear war, that it was the beginning of the end. And I remember when um, you'd watch on TV when they would have um, uh, New Year's celebrations, other side of the world, you're like, okay, everything's okay. Nothing's blown up. (laughs) I think we're okay. Uh, No one really knew what it was, but you still had to spend a lot of money doing a little bit of tweaks to the code to make sure everything worked the way it was supposed to when the years flipped. Same thing with GDPR. 
you're spending a lot of time making sure you are uh, aligned to GDPR uh, constraints and guidelines, even though they're still being defined in many cases, and frankly will be continued to be defined as it goes through court and everybody figures out what legal. But still, at the same time, you have a huge hiring need. So maybe you decide to roll out a referral project for this. Why? Because the developers you have know other developers, and maybe some of them are pretty darn good, and maybe you'd want to hire them, and maybe this is just faster than beating up your trees and hoping for developers and, and, and coders via the normal inbound process and what is clearly the most competitive technical market in the world right now. Right? It was it was crazy before, and now with GDPR, it's insane. It's absolutely insane. So you tap your internal networks, and you say, hey, there's money. Hey, there's prizes. Hey, there's a project. Hey, please send this to your network. And maybe you start with a splashy campaign that says, here's a poster. Um, here's a, a project. We brought in a guest speaker. Hey, everybody, here's a a desk drop, here's a thing, here's a thing, we're given a special code name, t-shirts and stuff, and at the end there's a pizza party, and all this cool stuff to splashy, splashy, splashy launch. Two weeks later, everyone's forgotten about it, of course, but you've spent your time on that splashy launch. The referral campaign works when you do it every day, when you embed it into your everyday process, when every single wreck you launch has a component when you say, hey, hiring manager, have you asked your team for referrals? Have you pushed the request for referrals out to other teams that might be connected to it? Have you reminded those teams that there's a bonus for it? Have you reminded those teams that the value to them might be that they get to work with cool people like their friends and that they can complain less when there's enough staff to actually get the job done? Have you every single time? That's how you cultivate the network. You look at your staff, you look at your employees, and you say, who do you know? And you do it every day. Every time you onboard somebody, are you asking them, who do you know? You're a brand new person. You're a brand new piece of the network. Who do you know that we don't know yet? Who do you know is interesting we should talk to? Can you help us talk to them? Who is your network? How do we add to our network? Great. That's step one. Then you're going to do inbound. You're going to say, hey, person who found us and for some reason has decided to apply, who at least says our employer brand is just interesting enough to raise their hand and click the button that says apply with LinkedIn or whatever the super fast apply process is. Because at this point, if it takes more than three minutes to apply, I don't know what century you're living in. So they raise their hands and it's not quite a good fit. You throwing the baby out with the bathwater? Are you tossing them out? Or are you doing something with them? Are you saying, hey, we had a good conversation. I liked you. You liked us. Stars didn't line up. Let's figure out how to connect you to our network. Let's keep you warm. Let's see if we can tack in, tap into your network. Is there anybody you know? Whether it's a referral project or not, whether it's a cash bonus or not, here's a piece of the network that you can extend to. There are companies that I've applied for that I'm still connected to years and years later because they've done a great job keeping me warm. And I would apply to them if I was looking now. They've done a great job reminding me of the work they do, the reminding me of the work they do was useful, that I could be happy there, and that maybe one day the stars would align. You never know. Are you feeding that network? Are you cultivating that network? Are you reminding them why you do what you do and what the value proposition of working there is? Are you asking your recruiters to identify people as they talk to them and say, hey, who's our people? Who's good candidates? Who's good people? Who should we keeping, be keeping a hold of? You, we all have the memories of goldfishes. If you've got a couple of recruiters working for you and 
You, you, you've never seen that dance where one recruiter says, hey, this person wasn't a perfect fit. Does anybody have a good spot for them? Five minutes after that request goes out, we've all forgotten about them. Do you have a way of keeping them on the hook? Do you have a way of cultivating that network? Beyond that, what else? How else can you build that network? Quick interruption. The goal here is to change the conversation around recruiting, hiring, and employer brand. The only way we can achieve that goal is with your help. And that is not with money, not with sponsorship. No, 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 no. It's to just simply share us and review us. Simple as that. Just review us wherever you get podcasts, share us on social media, say nice things about us or complain about us. I, that really is completely fair. Uh, that's all we really ask. That's all. Thanks so much for joining us and uh, let's get back to the show. If we start to realize that good recruiting is not about how do we convert somebody, if we can at least walk away from that, that old chestnut of marketing and say, how do we convert and get them in the pipeline? How do we flip them, right? How do we convert them from a shopper to a buyer? And in our parlance, how do we get them to go from a browser to an applier or really more a hirer? You got to think differently. You know that the process by which people find most jobs takes time. People, especially if they're talented, especially if they're skilled, especially if they have uh, the ability to be selective about the job they have, they didn't go, I'm looking for a job. I'm going to go as, as if I'm some sort of blind virgin, never seen other companies before, and just look at what the job postings are. No, of course not. They show up knowing things about companies. They have the idea of, oh, you know what? I've always heard good things about this company, or I've always heard bad things about this company. They walk in with a lot of predetermined sense of the brand. Where the hell do you think that comes from. It comes from good cultivating of your brand. Your brand is how your network is formed. So if you're ignoring what your brand's all about, if you're not pushing out messages about the broad sense of what the brand's all about because you're focused too much on how do you convert that, apply, apply, apply. Hey, recruiter, send out that email to on LinkedIn. Hey, you should work for us. Hey, you should work for us. Hey, here's a job. Here's a job. Spam, 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 spam. And you're all about converting in the short-term transactional nature of applying. Stop it. Well, first off, the world is going to make you stop it because you're about to have a real problem hiring people if you don't already because truly the the companies that build relationships and focus on long-term relationships to growing that network is who's going to eat your lunch if they're not already doing so. Because so far everything I've said is not new. Referring campaigns, reminding people to refer people, Cultivating that, asking people, hey, you weren't a perfect fit, dispositioning them in a, in a way that makes them not walk away saying, oh, that company sucks, right? This is not rocket science. This isn't brand new, but it connects to this larger strategy of building a better network. That's what's going to win. Why? Because when you build a network, when you build a pool, oh, and there's a term that's been around for a long time and no one's really done a great job with that. If you build a better pool, talent pool. Oh God, even saying it makes my gums bleed. If you build a better network of people who like you and you are used to feeding them information and giving them material of value and they're used to liking that information and seeing that information and seeing it as inherently valuable, not as a sales pitch. The next time you have an opening and you simply ask your network, do you know anybody? Would you be somebody? You're going to turn around that job in a heartbeat 
and they're predisposed to like the brand. They're already well informed about what you do and why you do it. Your conversations be much better because you don't have the whole, here, let me tell you about my company. And you get into your elevator speech and you do that voice. You know that voice. You know that voice in which you're saying that thing you've said 4,000 times this month. Oh, and you're going to say it 4,001, aren't you? Aren't you? Don't do it. Relationships don't work that way. Think of the people you have good relationships now. Think of who they are and think of the kind of conversations you have, right? Your best friend, if you don't talk to them for a couple of days or a couple of weeks or a couple of months, and in my case, my best friend lives in Austin and I haven't talked to her directly in like a year and a half. But every time we speak, it's like, boom. It's like the conversation just kicks back up where it left off a year and a half ago. Never fails. And we've been friends for like 30 years now. God, I'm old. Yeah, yeah. Oh my God, 30 years. 30 years today, or 30 years this year. Um, And that's always been how we've been. We have never lived in the same city since college. And we've always been able to kind of have gaps in that conversation and pick up right there. Why? Because we've built a network. We've built a relationship. She's in my network. I can always tap her and ask her for things and help, and she can do the same thing, and she knows that about me. We've built a relationship. That's what a relationship is right? It's about not having to pitch. It's not having to sell. It's not having to, okay, let me remind you where we were. It's about saying, I know you know where we were because you care about me and I care about you. That's how you build a network. You care about them. You give them material that they care about. You give them stuff that's interesting to them, that's valuable to them, that's helpful to them, right? You cultivate that over time, right? I've been using Amazon for and I don't mean to go back to Amazon, and I'm not pitching Amazon, and I hope Amazon recruiters don't go, ooh, James wants a job. No, um, I've been using Amazon for a very long time. I think it's coming on 20 years, right? I think it's coming on, yeah, yeah, it is. If it isn't, it's, I've been using them for a very long time. They know my preferences. They know my experience. They know how many times I've had to email them and say, hey, there's been a problem. They know what I buy. They know what I like. They know what I rate well. They know that I have a little uh, robot in the kitchen that I can ask it questions. And frankly, the questions aren't great. The ordering is okay, but the questions aren't great. Um, They know so much about me. They've built a relationship over time. Now, if Amazon calls me, do you think they have to say, hey, we're Amazon. We're not very focused about building the world's biggest blah, 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 blah. No. They know I know. Not just because they're a massive company, because they know I know. They've built a relationship with me. I'm in their network. You seen that joke floating around LinkedIn? Uh, Google's looking for people. Don't You don't have to apply. They already know everything about you. <laughs> the funny thing is, is, the opposite is true. Everyone knows everything about Google. They've done a great job extending their network, letting everybody know these are the tools we're building. These are the things we're doing. These are the projects we're launching. These are the, the problems we're having. They're very open and public about it. They don't hide that stuff. If I asked you the same thing about a company like Planteer, Planeteer, Plan, it's hard to pronounce. 10%, 5% of you know exactly who I'm talking about. The rest of you are like, who? And if I told you all about them, you'd be like, oh my goodness. Filled with famous people doing crazy ass weird things. Maybe not the stuff I like, but still doing crazy ass weird things. They're very quiet about everything. They're very content with keeping their brand private, with not building networks. Eh, they're making it work for them in their own weird way. But you want to build your own network. Stop worrying about your tech stack. Stop worrying about, okay, obvi- oh, feel free to complain about your ATS. There's there's no more common uh, recru- recruiter uh, practice than complaining about one's ATS, validly or invalidly, I don't care. But don't worry, don't think that this new tool is going to fix it. AI will not fix it. Bots will not fix it. Referral pa- package will not fix it. 
The tool that lets you take a test and decide if your personality is great will not fix it. Because even if they decide to take that test, and I still question why they'd take that test, uh, and you still define that they're going to be exactly the right fit for that company, they don't know you. You have to build a relationship from scratch. You, they're not in your network. The company with the net best network always wins, right? When Gmail came out, at the everybody wanted it and it extended their network and it allowed Google to know who's connected to who, who knows who. When it launched that first kind of like, hey, here's a couple of invites and now you're allowed to invite your friends. They could keep track of who your network was. You think that was an accident? Of course it wasn't an accident. They know who your networks are. And that enabled and engendered Google Plus and all the other you know tools. For They're trying to learn about the connections between you and other people. They're trying to figure out your network. Facebook. Facebook gets in trouble. Has been getting in trouble for the last couple of months because it knows too much about your network and it turns around and lets everybody else know about your network. At the time, they weren't realizing how valuable that network was. They thought their value was in being a platform, but really it turns out their value is being a network. That's why they've shut it all down. That's why they're very content to be regulated. That's why they're showing up to Congress and saying, yeah, sure, yeah, we can fix that. Yeah, sure, we'll change that. Break up, I'm sorry, no, we can fix that. Yeah, 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 we'll ignore that part. We're gonna focus on keeping our network. They're very happy now that the horse is out to close the barn door because they have the network information. They know what you're all about. They know who you know. They know who you know who you know. They know who your bestie is. They know who your husband or wife is. They know who your kids are. They know who your, 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 your family is that you don't talk to and the family is that you do talk to. They know you, the brands that you like, the brands with whom you have a relationship and have created a network. They know everything about that, right? This is the core concept of growth hacking from way back when. The, everyone's favorite story about growth hacking is Hotmail before it got owned by Microsoft. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's right. Uh, so the bottom, it was very early, very, 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 very early web-based email. And at the bottom of every email Hotmail sent, it said, hey, do you want your own email address on Hotmail? Just click this link. So if I sent you an email from my Hotlink account, Hotmail account, and you didn't have a Hotmail account, even if you did, it didn't matter, it annotated my message with that form, with that, that link, whether I wanted to or not. It did it automatically. And because you could see it, it now extended my network was now Hotmail's network, right? It could extend itself. And tapping into those existing networks is the, the very bedrock concept of quote-unquote growth hacking. And here we are, recruiters, people accustomed and used to and paid to build and develop networks acting like it's brand new. Give me a break. Your job is to grow your network personally, professionally, at an individual level, at a corporate level, at a team level, at a brand level. Grow your network. Everything is in service of growing that network. And I don't care if I say everything you mean, um, we're going to go buy a tool that pushes our jobs out to, no, that's not growing our network, is it? No, of course not. So it's a bad tool. It's a bad idea. Jobs are already out there. Everybody knows where the jobs are. Don't worry about that part. But if you can use AI to grow your network, that's a valuable use of that tool. Everything is a function or should be a function or was about to become a function of growing your network or it will die. Every good tool. Uh, you know, if, if you're talking about social recruiting, great. It starts by knowing who your network is, right? That whole thing is all about starting with your own network and then growing your network. How many times am I going to say network in this podcast? The answer is yes. It's a lot. Everything is about growing your network because the best network wins. It's just that simple.
And that is the strategy you need to embrace this year. Grow your network. It will not have immediate returns because growing a network takes time. Growing a network, there are lots of plateaus and tiers of growing your network. If your network is 10 people, that's fantastic. You better have amazing relationships with those people in your network. If your network is 10,000 people, great. You need to keep those connections up and make sure when you need to ask them, they are willing to respond and willing to act. Every great culture change starts with the network. It's about building that kind of core group of people who are willing to be fans and, and willing to, to have faith in this idea and willing to, to do something unusual to try it out and at tapping into their networks to grow it out. Everything starts with a network. The network is what matters. So there you go. There's your, your big idea for the spring, whatever. I don't know. Uh, one last bit of housekeeping. I am definitely going to take a break this summer. So July and August, I'm closing shop temporarily uh, to recharge the brain and make sure that these podcasts, each single one of them is useful or valuable. I hope. Uh, and there's never a filler one. <laughs> I think there may have been a filler one. The trick is, of course, is that everybody's going to disagree on what's a filler and what's valuable. So that's complicated. Anyway, I'm taking a short break after the, in July and August to come back in September. Guns ablazing, or whatever the HR normative appropriate uh, phrasing there is. Uh, all feet, uh, all you know, uh, boots on the ground and running like crazy. Whatever call it what you will. I'm taking a short break, but I definitely am coming back. So uh, just so you know, but I still have like seven or eight more episodes before then. So don't worry if you have questions, you have ideas, you have concerns, you want to argue with me on Twitter and have me take that argument into the podcast and explain myself further. Great. Find me on Twitter at The War for Talent uh, or go to the website, blah, blah, blah. You know where I am, thetalentcast.com or, you know, whatever. Trust me, I'm easy to find on one of those Facebook groups we all share. If you're showing up to events, just say hello. Ask me a question. There's plenty of examples. You can ask ask my fans. Trust me, I take our conversations and they end up on some way, shape, or fashion on this podcast. And I do appreciate those conversations. So please speak up. I love it. All right, that's all I got. I'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye. <laughs>